This is the Selling Plugins Podcast, helping you get the most out of your WordPress plugin business. Find out more at sellingplugins.com forward slash podcast. And now on to the episode. All right. So welcome to the Brian and Kyle show. <laughs> this is <laughs> Brian and Kyle. So for those who don't know me, uh, I'm Brian Hogg, uh, creator of a couple of courses on creating plugins and launching plugins, and also author of a couple premium and free plugins myself. And uh, I'm also joined by Kyle, who also has made plugins and supported plugins and launched plugins and is still doing all of the above. So welcome. <laughs> That's right. Thanks for having me join you, Brian. This is yeah. always so much fun. I know. I love it. This is going to be fun. So today we have a very specific topic. Uh, so we've done a couple of those. If this is your first one, uh, we did a very general Q&A. Uh, we've done one. What was the last topic? Uh, pricing. Pricing and pricing models. So now we're going to, that was two months ago. So my memory is fading. And now we're going to do one on marketing, which is always a hot topic, which everyone you know, I, I don't know why you'd want to market, I guess, to make more sales or something. So mm -hmm. we're going to talk a little bit about that and, uh, and and why why you'd want to do that. Some ideas and answer some of your questions. So uh, maybe, Kyle, I don't know if you want to start just kind of, I don't know if you remember your first plugin <laughs> way, way back when. My first plugin. Kind of yeah. just a quick recap, I guess, of, of what you've done in terms of uh, plugin launches and support and marketing and let me just go back to that moment in time. <laughs> Brian, you asked about my early experience with plugins and that that is just a fun fun memory jaunt for me. Uh, it was not that long ago. I still feel like I'm a rookie at this stuff because it's it's only been like four or five years since I started making plugins and getting involved in the plugin scene. Yep. And you know that, that that's that's not that long, I guess. Um, but I resisted for a few years because I had some conception that making plugins was hard. And, <laughs> and then when I made the first one, I was like, dang, all this time, it was that easy to make a plugin? Jeez. So I made some sort of uh, plugin that uh, does something about displaying post meta that I was using for troubleshooting and theming and uh that's even on the on the repo now um and then after that i was pretty hooked and started making a bunch like a, a hello dolly fork that everybody makes it's a, a rite of passage for all of us it's just hello and, kyle and you just like <laughs> uh, well it's a christmas one it's it's the it's the official hello christmas one sir oh. christmas song lyrics it's uh, it's pretty special <laughs> um, I made Verify, you know, that's a, that's an important contribution to the WordPress world. Which one's that? Uh, the, um, uh, Betterify, you should look it up. Yeah. It's, it's a fantastic <laughs> plugin. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Totally look up Betterify <laughs> and use it on every site, uh, ever. And uh, <laughs> it's like my, uh, right meow, which will just literally, it's a filter on the content, which will replace all instances of now with meow. And I think a pro <laughs> version, I think it would price it at about $200. That would also be case sensitive. So if you did all capital now, it would, you know, all <laughs> capital meow. And if you had just uppercase N, it'd be uppercase M. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite things. Yeah. Most of us who have been doing plugins for a while and involved in the space have some kind of a joke uh, plugin yeah. or, or site out there. That's that's always fun. I love it. And that. wondering, how did this get approved? <laughs> <laughs> how did it? I don't even know. I don't even know. Uh, so you started free and then you kind of, um, or I guess all, all these yeah, that you mentioned so far is free. So yeah, when was the first one you decided to start marketing, I guess? The first premium plugin that we made back uh when this was a few years ago when i was running a marketing agency and we were getting into some hardcore wordpress development and we made a plugin that uh solved problems people weren't looking to solve uh and <laughs> but, it, but it did it in a really sweet way it was oh. fun and, it, and when everybody anybody saw a demo they were like oh that's so cool that's super neat and we'd show it off at meetups and stuff, and and uh, and it, it went nowhere. 
Yeah. Totally, totally. <laughs> I mean, writing a plugin that nobody asks you to make and nobody is asking for is totally not a good strategy for a plugin. Turns launch. out, yeah, it turns out you're <laughs> spot on. If nobody's looking for a solution to the problem your plugin solves, uh, yeah, you might be out the wrong alley, no matter how sexy the plugin is uh, when people use it. Uh, so that was a lesson learned and kind of uh, started us off on the wrong foot. And it was maybe another year before we like adjusted our focus and introduced um, some lightweight premium add-ons to other commercial plugins, uh, which had uh, broad audiences. And that was very effective for us. That really helped us establish a brand and a customer base and start bringing in sales regularly with very little marketing effort on our part. Customers were coming to the door and buying our little add-ons. Yeah. Next thing you know, marketing their core plugin, and then they've got a page, right? That shows your add-on on it. And absolutely. Absolutely. It was, uh, that was really fun. And that was kind of my first dive into really running a plugin store. And then about a year ago, uh, after, a couple of years using and getting involved with uh, easy digital downloads, I joined the Sandhills development team. So that's where I work now for a company called Sandhills development. We make products, including easy digital downloads, which a lot of people use to sell WordPress plugins and other digital products. We also make affiliate WP restrict content pro sugar calendar and some other fun stuff like that. So we're a small team, WordPress plugin focused, uh, and, uh, and all about, all about them WordPress plugins. That's our scene. Sweet. So yeah. yeah, I mean, my my story is pretty similar <laughs> in terms of well, ish. So the first plugin that I launched, uh, I made in a bar, uh, the initial version. <laughs> it's just because literally someone was, and it was a need. Uh, I guess a personal need, but also the need from from someone else to uh, they were sending out newsletters of upcoming events that were happening locally, and they kept messing up the date of my meetups, which was unfortunate because we were flipping between Wednesday and Saturday, and then you know obviously Wednesday would be in the evening, and then Saturday would be you know early afternoon. So I'm like, hey, are you doing this manually? And they're like, yeah. And, you know, it turns out they're on a WordPress site and they're using one of the big calendar plugins at the time. And I think it's not even around anymore, Ajax calendar. And so I'm like, hey, there's probably a plugin to do this. So there wasn't <laughs> to actually take and create almost like a, a feed or output that you can just copy and paste into your newsletter. So I started that and then that just kind of ran around uh, or, or just kind of sat in the repo and slowly gained people over time. But after about a year and a half, two years, I think, then uh, someone started asking, you know, hey, can it do this? And I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, and it looked like <laughs> might have a budget for something. I think it was like some government agency in the States or something. So I'm like, oh, well, I could just add this to free or we could add this as a premium version, right? So, um, so yeah, for for quite a while, a lot of the the sales were were coming from uh, solely people trying the WordPress.org version and um, and or finding the the basic website, and then over time, start adding YouTube videos and everything else. Um, and another one I took over that was a, a free plugin, which was a specific add-on, a short code add-on for the events calendar by Modern Tribe. And uh, that one, again, same, same as yours, right? Super effective when, and the event calendar newsletter plugin, right? Supported multiple plugins. So essentially it's an add-on for more than one plugin, but it wasn't just me starting from scratch, uh, which is just, you're taking advantage of that established audience who already are using one of the, you know, the thing that you're an add-on for, and then they're just looking to add more functionality that isn't really a good fit for the core version. So it, uh, yeah. You've always been a good proponent of like the idea that it doesn't need to be um, like something that just changes everything and revolutionizes yeah. your entire site. It just needs to like add some value. It's a lesson that you cover well in your course, which I, I really recommend making pro plugins.com. Because um, you didn't mention it specifically, but <laughs> check that out if you want to learn, like get the real scoop. Brian's got a lot of good insight, but one of my favorite pieces of advice is like to put a price tag on one of your plugins. It just it doesn't need to be a monstrous plugin. It doesn't need to be backup buddy or jetpack or something that's huge, full of fun functionality. It just needs to like make something better, It'd be useful in some small way save time right like i did not think that a pro version with just a bit of css and some html and it's evolved like there's some much more advanced like a full calendar view and everything else now but initially it was just 
literally a little bit of CSS and HTML. I'm like, who's going to buy this, right? But it's like, no, at the <laughs> price point it was, it, like to my surprise and hap- you know happiness, it uh, it just it saved time. Like, why bother doing and supporting and then making sure it looks good and adding CSS and fiddling around with it when you could just buy a plugin, add it, drop it in, and it saves time. Uh, though it was a little frustrating at first when you're like, wait, what? But look at this other plugin I did first that's way more complicated and has way more features and way harder to explain sometimes. Like, what, you should should all be flocking to that one, not this one that's like a little bit of HTML and CSS. But alas, uh, the, the, the simpler ones are way easier to explain as well, right? Because, you know, it's like, hey, free version, looks like crap, no CSS. Pro version, looks better, a couple of other options. Buy now button. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Not like I will begin my dissertation of why this pro plugin is good for you by yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah, so that's a little background on where we started and um uh how, how we got there. Obviously check out the pricing uh one on specifics on pricing and pricing models, which we kind of went to, but this one I think we'll focus uh, more on on the uh on the marketing angle and side of things. Try and give some tips, advice, some things you know may or may not apply to your specific plugin uh, that you have or plugin you will write in the future. But hopefully it'll give you some ideas that you can try uh, and experiment with for you. So we have 11 questions now, which is... 11 questions. Yeah, this is a lot. I don't even know if we'll successfully get through all of these. We're going to yeah. do the best we can. We will do the best we can. But yes. Um, so yeah, so the first one, uh, so I'll do start answering is, uh, by Katie. So, uh, the question is, do you monitor which parts of your marketing strategy are the most effective? If so, uh, please, you know, could you share any stats as to what works and what doesn't? So, um, yes, I definitely do, do monitor, uh, things that are, are, are working. And I, I wasn't at first actually. Um, so, I mean, you, you don't need to be monitoring everything right off the bat. But uh, one thing and I did add that I gave a, a decent amount of insight. Um, well, there's two. So there's an add-on for uh, easy digital downloads, which I was using with uh, was a campaign monitor or campaign recorder or something that will just look at um, if you add a, a, what's called a UTM tag in any links that you have to your site uh or or just you know certain uh, things like mailchimp will add them for you and then you can see where they kind of came from um it worked most of the time but it didn't really give a lot of insight and especially things like uh where did they come from if they didn't click on like kind of a special link like they just went or maybe they just googled you know for your plugin name and then found your site that way uh, but another one that came up i was edd uh, enhanced e-commerce and i mean that's for easy digital downloads but there are other add-ons and uh, even code snippets maybe you can add to your theme that essentially track okay where they came from and then their their journey through the buying process so by using that plugin you actually get sats and like okay this percentage of people hit your home page and then dropped off and then this other percentage of people hit your home page uh, added, you know, click buy now, and then they had the plugin in the cart, uh, but then they dropped off and they didn't they didn't buy. And then this other percentage of people actually bought, right? And then you can back from there and see, okay, where did they come from? And some stats that really jumped out for for me that I didn't realize was uh, the amount of people that were coming from YouTube. And just seeing the videos that I was putting out there, short little explainer videos on how to use certain features, and how many of those were, were, you know, seeing that video coming in from YouTube, because uh, I just add a link to the description near the end, and then ultimately we're, we're buying from that. So that that almost kind of validated because before that point, I wasn't really sure, you know, I didn't have any specific numbers as to how many people were uh, converting, I guess, from those videos, but it really did, you know show that that strategy of having some videos out there on a regular basis, um, or just having videos at all. And you know, more people finding them over time, how effective that was. So, um, so that was kind of one of that's ways that I'm monitoring the, the marketing. And uh, yes, uh, a pretty big, interesting stat. But a lot of the stats are definitely coming from or sales are coming from uh, WordPress.org. So, you know, people either clicking links from within the plugin, like upgrade links, mm-hmm. or uh, from the readme, right from WordPress.org and the plugin page and, and stuff like that. So that that is by far the most effective for me. Uh, strategy. So, yeah, you had some thoughts on this, I believe, as well. Sure. 
Sure. It's a, this, it's a bit of a tough question. And uh, Daniel had a kind of like a follow-up comment to it, but just like spanning on the same thing, like what tools do you use for monitoring? What stats and these tools do you use to indicate effectiveness? So thank you both Daniel and uh, uh, forgive Katie. me, Katie, for the cool question. But it's at the same time, like a big broad question, but also asking for some specifics. So uh, I'm, had a lot of ideas on, on what to what to talk about but the one thing is that comparing channels can be pretty tough uh because the, you always have like these apples and oranges comparisons they're not always exactly the same each channel that you're marketing in doesn't have exactly the same purpose uh, when we look at our marketing efforts some channels we're working on are focused on brand exposure uh, others are focused on like converting, uh, converting, you know, people who have visited before or converting new customers or educating new prospective users. Each one of them is bringing in different types of users at different stages in the buying process. Uh, so it can be a little bit difficult to really uh, compare them equally like hold the same metrics against them and decide which one is more effective uh, because all of your marketing channels are, are working on different people at different stages in the buying process and uh, different metrics matter for them. So that's worth it. It's worth it to just uh, keep in mind when you're holding them against each other. And I do think a lot about what business, what stage your business is at that really matters. Uh, like micro businesses, a, a lot of us are pretty small businesses. Uh, so when you are a really small, small company, uh, it can be tough to manage every different channel very well. And most of us and, you know, who do this successfully end up, um, really focusing on a select number of channels and doing those well, instead of half-heartedly attacking every possible channel. Uh, so maybe we're just like doubling down on, uh, search content marketing and our videos, for example, or maybe some of our strategic partnerships or our affiliate programs are where we're investing all of our energies uh, because we're small and it's better to uh, really execute a small number of channels very well than it is to just do like a half-hearted attempt in every area. Yeah. Um, that's a good point, like social as an example, right? Like a that. how many of us like are doing social really well right now? Uh, I basically, my account is just sending the same, you know, group of tweets over and over again. <laughs> so it's a great we'll see it. That's cool. But yeah, it's it's just not the, the effort versus uh, payoff is just not there. And it's just so much more effective to just use YouTube. Or, that's in, that's in totally case. true. I, I think most of us suck at social. There's <laughs> no doubt about and it. This is getting harder too, right? Like I shared an article the other day where social is becoming just so hard as uh, for a business side, right? Like where Twitter used to be chronological. So you knew that if you put it out there and people just happened to be on the Twitter, they would see it and, you know, can interact with it. Whereas now it's like, I think what it shows one or two and then, you know, in case you missed it. And then it's just their algorithm as to what they think you should see. So it becomes just harder and harder. And, you know, you have to pay more and more and just people are tuning it out, I think. Yeah. Google Analytics is the closest thing to our sources, source of truth for data as we have. Uh, it's, it's still not absolutely everything for us. Um, most of the channels that we have provide us some report of their own, but Google Analytics is still our, our primary source of evaluating all channels. And uh, one of my favorite views in Google Analytics is going to conversions, e-commerce, shopping behavior. And this shows you a pretty cool uh, little chart uh, where you can see the um, buyer's flow left to right. And these metrics are some of the most important for anyone in e-commerce to study. And that's looking at like your sessions, people coming to the site and then sessions with a product view, which is a smaller percentage of that. And then sessions with an add to cart, which is a small percentage of that. And sessions with checkout, sessions with the transaction. Um, so you look at how these numbers, the segments get smaller and smaller as the, as your visitors fall off and, and then a small percentage of them follow through to completion. Um, 
this is where you can start to identify where your weak points are and your opportunities are to improve uh, that experience and increase the number of people who actually um, view a product and then actually add something to cart and then actually convert in the end. Uh, so those are important metrics to study for all of us and focus on those and look at that view um, often in analytics, that specific one. That's one of my favorites and there's a lot going on in there, but that's one of my favorites to look at. Um, you mentioned, uh, and some questions were about specific examples of what's working for us. Uh, for easy digital downloads, uh, far and away, our add-ons page inside of the plugin is the best performing channel for us. Um, that works really well for a number of reasons. One, it's like in the right context where the user is actively using our plugin already, and so they're primed for uh, purchasing an, a, a, a premium add-on, which they know they have WordPress, they know they right. have, you have your plugin. <laughs> like it seems yeah. that are hard to communicate if, you know, uh, otherwise. So they're yeah. at a much later stage in the process than someone like doing a Google search, like how do I sell my ebook or, you know, uh, stock photos, um, and finding easy digital downloads, that person is very early in the process and much less likely to convert. And if they do, they still have to set up the free plugin first before they could even consider our premium add-ons. Uh, but our in-context add-ons page is, performs very well. Uh, in the past month, uh, just looking at numbers, 17% of our sessions came on the site came from that add-ons page and it converts pretty well at uh, about 5% uh, visitors, which is, pretty high uh, considering the average visitor is closer to 1%. Uh, so visitors coming from the add-ons page convert at a much higher rate and uh, it's getting us a lot of sessions. So that's like our gem of a channel, but that's different uh, for some other products because some of our other products don't have this sort of a thing. The affiliate WP is commercial only. There is no free version. So that's relying on referrals from affiliates, from sister plugins, from content marketing and organic search um, and review sites and wherever else we're getting our, our marketing as a few examples. Let's see. Yeah. Yes. Well, and speaking of uh, conversion rate, right? Like, um, which I guess we'll get into in the next question, but uh, WordPress.org, right? Like, and just seeing the, the conversion rate, because again, they know they have WordPress, they know about your plugin. It came from you know either searching for your free plugin and then seeing that oh this feature is only available in Pro, so they hit your site that way, or just you know seeing your site from the link uh, on the profile page on the the repo, but or directory sorry now that it's called, but just how more much more effective and much higher a conversion rate that is because they're just they're so primed. <laughs> to, yeah, to, yeah to, absolutely. To that's you a, that's why you when you're selling add-ons to someone else's plugin or to your own, those users coming are like the best, the best, because they're at that late stage. They're ready to use this. Uh, minimal education is required for that user um, and minimal persuasion. You basically just have to um, sell them on the feature set, but not the full scope of the solution. And uh, that results in much higher conversion rates and um, much better customers and fewer presale questions and all, all of that stuff. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so at getting in front of the customers at that right time, at that late stage when they're ready to buy is always uh, um, important in your marketing strategy. You can be less salesy too, right? <laughs> so you're not just like slamming it down their throat and being like, you should buy this because X, Y, Z. It's just like, no, you're already using it. You're here because you want this other add-on feature thing. Here's what it is. So make sure it's right for you. And then you can buy. <laughs> so, yeah. so your copy is a lot, uh, lot nicer, I think, as well. Yeah. Good. Okay. I think, uh, is there any other things you want to mention on that one? Or I think we, well, there's more, but I do think they fit into some of the other questions too. So any notes yeah. that I have relating to this, I think we'll still get to. Sweet. Okay. Sounds good. I will click. Yay. I clicked the right button. I think good. <laughs> there's good buttons job. on my end where I can actually mark that we answer the questions. So I'll continue doing that. All right. So the next one is from Morgan. 
Uh, thank you for the question. So the topic is, uh, so light and free versions on the WordPress.org repo, which we touched on a bit. Um, so I'm assuming the repo is a huge exposure boost. You know, what's our experience? Uh, you know, I know it's great for plugins like EDD, but what about standalone plugins? Mm. So this kind of goes back to what we were saying, yeah, as, as standalone plugins. And as an example, if, you've, if you're on my mailing list, you would have got the uh, the email I sent on the one I, that is a standalone plugin that I have on WordPress.org, Chimpridge, which is for sending email through your MailChimp list. And it's standalone. It's not an add-on to anything. I guess it's an add-on to MailChimp. But yeah, it's not an add-on to another WordPress plugin. And just how much harder it, it really has been to try and get any kind of traction on that standalone plugin because long gone are the days where you can just throw a plugin on the WordPress.org repo and everyone who needs to find it will find it. You know, it'll be near the top or, you know, at the beginning or, uh, mm. or, or at all, you know, at some point in time, if you just wait six months, you know, like, like sometimes Google SEO algorithms will, will kick in for you. <laughs> um, there, there's a good, uh, actually I'll post it as a comment here, but, um, you know, and you can look into kind of specifics of the search algorithm, but, um, but yes, I mean, if, if people are able to, to find your plugin, either through you writing blog post content or telling people about it at meetups or, uh, or, or them just finding it naturally and are able to try your plugin again, they're, they're so primed to be able to, uh, move over to something like, uh, your, your premium version, because they've already had an opportunity to try your free one, which hopefully has added some value that your free version has some. Uh, some value to it. And then you're, they're able to then either find the pro version of your plugin or find add-ons, uh, you know, maybe paid add-ons uh, that you or others have created uh, for your standalone plugin, the core plugin, which is in uh, the WordPress.org repo. But it can definitely take some time, effort now if you haven't had the plugin in there for a while and gained a decent amount of downloads. But uh, for, for me personally, I mean, it, it is far and away the the primary channel for both people finding uh, the the plugin initially and then also trying it and then seeing okay I, i'd like this other feature i have you know subtle links that are in the plugin for them to to see what pro versions are available uh, from there so yeah and again this is they're they're coming from the free version they know they have wordpress they know that they've tried my plugin they need this extra feature so um yeah, it's it's a much better conversion rate uh, from from that exposure than you know just a, a random blog post from someone you know that's just hitting the site uh, directly. So yeah, it's been it's been a good experience, and I'm assuming it's the same for you, except maybe for Betterify, which hasn't been updated in three years. Oh, <laughs> it hasn't been tested the last three. You're calling me out. <laughs> that's uh, fine. I... <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, WordPress.org as a marketing channel, it, I love it. I love it, but it, it, it can be a boost. We should we should ha have a disclaimer that it isn't. Uh, there's no guarantee of success if you're just if you're improved on the repo, then you're you're golden. That's no. unfortunately not the case. I recommend it uh, for certain business models, like where it's applicable. It's it's definitely worth noting. Uh, not every plugin is well suited for the freemium model. Uh, some are way better off standing completely on their own. And some of the most well-known and beloved and successful brands in our space, Affiliate WP, Gravity Forms, LearnDash, all of these uh, awesome products, no free version, stand completely on their own marketing. And they do really well. Uh, so it's completely possible. Those products are all killing it. And many others are as well. Um and they might be no better off or maybe even worse off if they tried to play the freemium game. Uh, but it works for some. Um, it's worth noting for sure that WordPress.org comes with its own challenges. And you should you should take this road if it if it fits your model and the specific product or products that you have. Um, some of those challenges are the fact that you'll be supporting users in two places. Probably you'll have to support the forum on WordPress.org for that plugin. And it's not very sophisticated. <laughs> I actually ask because if you like, I think it's BB press. If you click yeah. the support link, it goes to BB press's site and the forum oh, right. on their site. I'm like, Oh sweet. Can I do that? And they're like, no. 
I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> like well, why not? <laughs> why, why, why can't they do it? But I can't, right? So yeah, yeah. it was funny. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, you've got that whole other forum, support forum they have to yep. monitor and maintain. You've got to start optimizing both your website and your README. You know, two different types of SEO. Uh, because optimizing your README for plugin search is a real thing. It's yep. absolutely important. And if you're playing with WordPress.org, you have to spend a lot of time tweaking and massaging your README to get it you to appear for relevant queries. People searching for those those plugins. Um, and uh, Volvo Feldman wrote a, gr- a really thorough article about that on freemius.com, yep. I guess. I'll uh, post that as a comment there. Um, it's yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so you'll be you'll be juggling both of those if you're on if you're doing the freemium on org thing. Uh, you'll need to learn SVN. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I do have an article and I'll post that, but yeah, how, how you can use uh, SVN with a very, very minimal amount of SVN commands and primarily use Git. So, right. yeah, you don't need to worry about that as much. <laughs> you will need to uh, understand and play by the rules of wordpress.org. Um, and that's, that's not too bad, but it's, it's worth noting that you're in a playground that you don't control. Um, and uh, one of the big things you will regrettably need to be upselling throughout your free plugin. Uh, so within the software that you're making, you will need to be incorporating some form of advertising for your premium offering. And that's not that fun, but your business will truly rely on it. It will be critical that somehow in the right way, as subtle and friendly and soft as you can get away with, but still <laughs> effective, uh, you have to advertise in your plugin. That's not that much fun, uh, but you have to. Uh, where you don't have to, if you're distributing standalone on your own, uh, unless you have your own upsells throughout, that you can just have the, the product and people can just use it and enjoy. Yeah, um, it's literally a whole module of making pro plugins on <laughs> just like adding those links and ways to market from the free to the pro. But essentially, yeah, just like you said, subtle links. You don't want to be too annoying, right? Like uh, have everything grayed out and be like, hey, so if you want to do anything, uh, you know, go buy the pro version. Like it's will just annoy people and they'll one star review your plugin. But uh, at least you're able to, yeah, just have a, a upgrade link in the plugins listing and, uh, you know, like maybe maybe a discount code if you want in the sidebar of your main uh, interface of your plugin and stuff like that. Um, which, yeah, just they're just there all the time as people are using the plugin, but it's not in the way. And then they're able to, uh, to, to check it out when they're ready. You know, try your plugin first, get some value and then upgrade later. So, yeah. But yeah, again, like you said, you don't have to do any of that if you don't have a free version. So right. <laughs> you just like give all the things and you're good. So. Another thing is that when you distribute for free on WordPress.org, or what you just, I should say, what you distribute uh, on WordPress.org doesn't have to be your core plugin or even a free version of it. Uh, This is is a strategy that I I love it when I see it uh, done well. Um, If you have some kind of a plugin, don't think in the limited terms that the only way I can incorporate .org is if I make a free version of this plugin or um, or I put this one on .org and sell premium add-ons to it. There's uh, more creative ways uh, to sell your product than that. You could have very related uh, plugins on the repository uh, where users who um, get benefit and value from that uh, free plugin are very likely to take an interest in your other premium offerings. They may not be a direct upgrade. They may just be complementary, And that is really cool when done well. Um, some examples could be like uh, an e-commerce plugin uh, like ours. So we, this, this is something that we do. Uh, we have an e-commerce plugin that's free and um People who are running an e-commerce site just might be interested in adding an affiliate program on top of that. And so we sell an affiliate plugin. Hey, super cool. (laughs) They're they're completely separate products. But if you're using one, you might just be interested in the other. Or maybe you have a a file hosting SaaS and you distribute a free backup plugin uh, that integrates with it. And you can comfortably 
upsell your premium service, or maybe you have a dashboard customization plugin and you have a premium user role modification plugin because someone wanting to use this one is going to be interested in the other. They're not uh, providing the same function, but they will have the overlapping users. Uh, and that's where it gets pretty cool. You can do the same thing with, with themes if you wanted to in some, in some ways, but uh, uh, I love that kind of creativity. It's even like you've got the, the sides, but there's nothing as well stopping you from having a plugin in the repo that is a connector to a SaaS offering. What it can't do is you can't have it where it, you, you pay to like unlock the code that's within the free version. Um, but what you can do is have it where it's like a hosted service, like uh, SendGrid is an example, right? So there's a free plugin in the WordPress.org to allow any emails that come out of your WordPress site to go through the SendGrid email sending service, but that's a paid service, right? So uh, you just need to get an API key or whatever from SendGrid and then put that into your free version. And now it works based on like the hosted offering. Like, you know, from that free version, any emails go through their service. So it's it's done outside your site. So you can do stuff like that too. And there's a whole exposure boost you can get to get from that. So um, yeah, I'm conscious of time. So maybe we will hop on, but hopefully that helped uh, Morgan in terms of, yeah, our experiences with WordPress.org and continuing experiences and stuff that you can uh, you can do with it. Sure thing. Yeah, let's hit the next question. All right. So next one is, I don't feel like I have the time to do much marketing myself. You and me both, Pete. <laughs> this question is from Pete. <laughs> so do you recommend using a marketing agency? If so, any agencies you'd recommend? So personally, I haven't, I haven't used an agency. Um, I tend, because a lot of my marketing channels are, like I said, through YouTube or through support as well, right? Is, is kind of a marketing channel as well, where you get feature ideas and questions. And, um, you know, you can say, hey, like that, you could totally do that in the pro version, here you go. So personally, I, I do that myself. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't see changing that anytime soon, because I've as this stuff happens, and I improve the marketing, I tend to get less pre-sale questions. And, uh, it kind of feeds on itself. So have you have you done any marketing agency stuff or know of any that <laughs> targets WordPress plugin owners specifically? Because that could be cool. This is like, uh, I don't know, we're, we're all just fun friends here. And we all know that uh, all of us suck at marketing. Uh, we're all terrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we try our best, but that's that's why we're here. But um as far as uh, outsourcing marketing, uh, I haven't seen many uh, small plugin companies like ours do it. Uh, most of us try our best to do it in-house. Um, and I'm not, even, I'm not aware, I thought about it for a minute, but I can't think of any agencies that kind of specialize in uh, marketing little software products like, like WordPress plugins. Uh, there could, they could be, out there. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's a great untapped market. Uh, if you're interested in leaving the product space and going to service, which I'm not interested in doing software is it, or service. Uh, yeah. What a productized mm -hmm. service. There's the word I was looking oh. for. <laughs> that could be special. Service. Um, yes. yeah. As far as budgeting, like the, the old business school rule of thumb is 10% of your budget. Like that's, that's kind of the classic one, but it, in the real world, it does vary quite a lot. Lots of companies uh, invest way, way more, like up to 40% or 50% of their budget going to uh, sales, growth and advertising. Um, and depending and, too on where, where you are and, you know, did you just launch or have you been running for a couple of years or, you know, have you proven that there are people who care about your plugin and are, are buying it already and you're just looking for more of those people is a totally different situation than you just launched a plugin and yeah, should you drop $20,000 on hiring an agency because you have zero sales? That was a terrible idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it kind of depends on what, uh, yeah, please, please don't do that. Uh, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> It totally depends on the stage as well. Some people talk about uh, some like calculations you could do to come up with your number. Like, oh, this is this is the right way to figure out the, the right crunch these numbers in this way, and that will give you your marketing budget. 
um, like 40% of growth goal Delta is, is kind of popular where you say uh, we're at 50,000 and next year we want to be at a hundred thousand. So you spend 40% of that growth Delta, which is another 50,000. So your budget is 20,000. Uh, there you go. So now, you know, you better spend 20,000 if you want to get to that hundred thousand. <laughs> Um, hopefully there's something small you can try first see if it's working and then pump yeah. more money into it once you know yeah. <laughs> that it is otherwise some of some of those calculations that you find if you do your research are just not quite so applicable for the tiny size businesses that a lot of us are running where we're like less than 50 people um you know we're still five we're still five six or, or maybe low seven figure businesses uh the rules are a little different um yeah. So opening up textbooks are not always the, the best way. In my experience, most plugin businesses are doing marketing in-house. And um, a lot of us are dedicating a, a person to marketing at, but somewhere between like five and 10 employees uh, is when, you know, I see a co you know, company growing to that scale. That's when I start seeing a, a person who is in charge of marketing. And then, uh, you know, I, I personally dedicated about 20% of my brain, like this part here to marketing. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. See, you're doing a, you're really taking it seriously, Brian. You can tell. Uh, at Sandhills, we're, uh, we have like roughly by my calculations, we're at about 18% of our resources in terms of like human time uh, allocated to marketing. Um, so kind of right in there in the 10 to 20% range, um, which I think is pretty typical. Uh, and I basically just believe like when you're this small, you're just going to be choosy about the challenge, the channels that you focus on and just do those really well. You pick your, your favorite channels that suit your skill set, that suit your competitive advantages, uh, whatever like connections that you have, uh, extra knowledge that you have, uh, technology that you have. Um, and whichever uh, is most appropriate for the audience you're targeting, you know, you select these targeted channels and really excel at those uh, instead of like the um, the broad um, general, like try and hit every channel just a little bit. This is a spray and pray, I think is the like throw it all out there and hope for the best. Yeah. Right, right. That which kind of goes back to the well. See which ones are working well for you, right? So. You'd be better off to just like doing an awesome, awesome video series and just that instead of like trying to juggle like posting on LinkedIn and yeah. uh, some AdWords ads and, um, you know, and uh, putting your plugin on CD and ma direct mailing it to Ooh, everybody. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> floppy disk. I, right. bought a, it, I bought a development thing on floppy disk. A few right, years right. <laughs> Buy a mailing list, send that to, to real mailboxes with a demo of your product. <laughs> that's a great idea. So that kind of actually, so hopefully that helps Pete, but that kind of uh, tail, tailgates or dovetails, that's the one, uh, tailgates <laughs> <the weird thing>. <laughs> <laughs> into, the, uh, into the next question uh, from Morgan as well. So, um, so as an outline, and maybe we don't do a specific outline uh, the time we have, but as an outline, what steps do you take when launching a new plugin? So would you hammer on AdWords to get initial sales or spend time on SEO straight away. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it depends on the plugin, but probably the first first thing would be uh, even before you launch, right? Like word of mouth, getting in the hands of some people who you know uh, could use it. Um, if you know people who are using, if it's an add-on and you know people who are using that uh, core plugin, then again, getting into their hands. Hopefully you've had, again, people who are asking you for it. <laughs> so getting some beta testers right away uh, can again help spread that initial word of mouth, which can take some time to build up. Um, but at least you've got it in the hands of people. Hopefully some people are sharing it with other people they know who could benefit from it and uh, and then are able to, to, to go from there. Would I spend on AdWords right away or SEO right away? Probably not. I would probably, and this again goes back to why an add-on can be awesome, because if they have either an add-on page uh, that, that you could have your plugin listed on, or, um, you know, in, in the case of one of my plugins, there was like, a, they have this Q&A feature request forum, and, you know, they'll, they'll 
maybe never add it to their uh, plugin, but mine covers the bill. So just by asking like, hey, my plugin kind of solves that. Uh, maybe you could promote it as the accepted answer to that Q&A forum, right? And then they've got a bunch of people that'll get notified of that. Uh, was one strategy that, that I used that worked pretty well for one of the plugins. So um, yeah, personally, I probably wouldn't do AdWords right away, but beta testing, word of mouth, uh, if, if you have a WordPress.org, then you can, that makes it easier for people to try maybe your free version because they can just install it quick and, uh, and then upgrade later. And maybe you don't have a, a pro version right away. You might just start with free. Uh, did I miss any big steps there? <laughs> or, or, or would you uh, hammer on AdWords right away? Or would you? No, I'm with you. I don't, I don't want to get long-winded on it, but I wouldn't. Uh, AdWords is expensive. AdWords takes a lot of time to manage and get hands-on with. Um, you should be pretty set up, established, and running with like a, a well-oiled machine before uh, you're trying paid acquisition so much. Um, so I'm not a fan of that being early on in the strategy. Uh, there's there's a lot of other things I would do. I guess if I was kind of new, probably what I would be doing is trying a, a sort of grassroots approach to get some users and validate uh, validate the concept, um, get testimonials, work out the bugs, and uh, kind of grow organically from there. I'd be speaking at meetups locally. A lot of them are very receptive to doing show and tell type demos. Uh, there's a lot of those in in my region, and uh, I even did that when we made some products. We were like, hey, you know, we want to show this off uh, and just uh, see what people think, just get friends to test it. Uh, and we got some people to buy it from that. We tried, we didn't, we weren't salesy about it. Um, but that was kind of helpful, helped us understand the interest and people's reactions and work through some of the user issues. Uh, that's one of the first steps that I'd be going through. Um, and, uh, I'd also probably if like the next step kind of depends on the, the channel you're taking. Like if you're going the freemium route or if you're selling add-ons to someone else, like and a lot of us might be having some sort of strategic partner or we're selling a, a, a something that complements another platform or as an add-on to another platform, in which case my energies would be focused on empowering them to promote me, uh, giving them everything that they need, like uh, a video uh, to demonstrate it and uh, like... The affiliate program, if you're going to have an affiliate. Right, program. right. Incentivize them in that way. So I'd be focused just on that one partner. Instead of all those potential customers, I'd be thinking, how can I make this partner um, uh, empowered to effectively promote me and send their steady stream of customers in my direction? That would be a focus of mine. Um, and uh, right now, you know, with a couple established brands, we still routinely launch new things and our process since we're established is quite different. And we uh, um, we finish up the plugin, you know, and we run through all of our testing. We build our sales page and we build our docs pages and uh, then the launch uh, proceedings include some sort of announcement email to the interested subscribers who might have a related product um, and providing a lot of information uh, to any partner who might be pro promoting it, any affiliates, um, soliciting like testimonials and stuff that I can put on a sales page, all that sort of thing. So there's a, there's a, I've got a checklist of things that I run through now, uh, but it's a different process when you're launching a new product to go into an existing catalog of products. Uh, than it is for your brand new brand. That's that's a pretty intense process. Yes, and time consuming and yeah. <laughs> we yeah. all want this mega launch from day one, but yeah, slow and steady can be nice as well. So that, like you said, fix the bugs, get stuff going. And then, yeah, if you need to start boosting in other ways, uh, you can. So speaking of boosting, uh, so the next question, which... Um, we can get to is from Daniel and it's on, uh, yeah. So what are some strategies an existing and well-established uh, plugin might implement that could drastically increase revenues? So if we do any suggestions that won't dra drastically increase, these plugins, <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it might not go well, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> so yeah, could anything from changing the product or business model to specific types of advertising uh, that are cost-effective 
and let's exclude things that are already well publicized plugins might be doing. So I haven't done all the things. So I might go through a couple of these just to, for those who haven't maybe done all of them. Uh, <laughs> but, um, so some of the things that you can do to obviously either drastically increase prices or at least nicely increase prices uh, can include things like increasing your prices or revenues, sorry. So increasing your prices can increase the revenues. Uh, having all access bundles. So you have a more than one plugin, you can have a bundle which I don't do uh, currently, which I probably could between the two if they're using the one calendar. Uh, doing recurring, 100%. Man, if you're not doing recurring, do recurring <laughs> uh, yearly, mostly usually for WordPress plugins, uh, which you can do very easily with the EDD recurring payments uh, plugin. So get, get that if you're using EDD. Uh, yeah, nixing renewal discounts. So it's been kind of usual to have discounts every year. Uh, for those who are renewing, it still might make sense for some plugins, uh, but for a lot, they don't really see any drop off on re either renewal rates or people buying by getting rid of that 30% discount. So that could be a huge boost after year one uh, to not have a discount on renewal and get the full amount every year for access to support and updates. Um, yeah, obviously doing content, uh, YouTube and blog like we've talked about um, and stuff like that. So th those are all things that can dramatically increase the revenues. So Kyle, do you have anything beyond that that could drastically <laughs> increase it? Let me just get my pen. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I want to know right. as well. <laughs> well, Daniel is demonstrating that he's, he's pretty advanced already. He's uh, dismissing what he calls the obvious stuff here, um, which to be fair, that we could have viewers it may not be safe to assume that everything mentioned there has already been addressed. So everything that you ran through, I think those are totally valid. Uh, I think it's important to uh, continue to raise your prices. Uh, probably, probably most of us could afford to raise our prices. All that stuff is great. Um, but uh, Daniel asked a question. We'll answer Daniel's question. I'll throw out some ideas that I think could these are no guarantees, but these are the kinds of big ideas that could uh, drastically increase your sales. I'm excited. I've got the pen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it dropped them too high. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, one, um, I think we talked about it a little bit before, but distributing a very related tool of some kind, which is free, and creatively upsells your product can be very powerful. So whether you make a SaaS tool uh, that um, absolutely solves a problem that your potential customers have, or whether you introduce a new plugin or several plugins on the repository, um, you try and find the things where there would be a, t a lot of overlap in like those, those circles that you would find that those that they overlap a lot with the users of this free tool or this free plugin are very, very likely to want my commercial offering. Introduce one of those and distribute it somewhere in front of a lot of people and creatively upsell your uh, commercial plugin. That when done well can work wonders. And that just takes a little bit of creativity. You've really got to understand who your users are and what other things they might be using. Maybe look at some of your existing users of your established plugin, because that was what the question is about, and see, find some commonality. What kind of themes are they running? What sort of SaaS products are they subscribing to? What other plugins are they using uh, alongside mine? Get in the mind of these types of customers and figure out what they might be using uh, that you could replace with another free tool. And that hopefully could bring you a lot of new users you can upsell to your commercial product. If that's done well, it's it's just amazing. Or even talking to, like Daniel just mentioned in the chat, uh, potentially forming partnerships, right? Like if a lot of people, if maybe your plugin is an add-on to a theme, then maybe you can talk to uh, those that theme author and see if you can have some kind of you know promotion or affiliate relationship or or something. Um, same with other plugins, right? Like again, if if they're able to uh, to promote yours, which increases the likelihood that theirs will be useful then that, that can be great because then they've already got the established audience that, that has, they, they built the trust on and, 
um, yeah, definitely partnerships and, and cross promotion across other plugins <laughs> or uh, themes or SaaS businesses can be a huge uh, boost. You guys are throwing the questions at us here and yeah, right. it's super fun. And I think you're reading my notes, Brian, because partnerships was my next example. Yeah. <laughs> and although Daniel asked for an example of something uh, to illustrate the point that I was making about related tools, free tools that upsell. Um, I'll have to think about that. And if I come up with some good ones, we'll yeah. come back to it. Uh, but if it was kind of like my, uh, well, not plugin related, but just something that sprung to mind. Like there was an idea of, uh, you know, like uh, I've got a course on creating or coding plugins. So having some kind of free tool to like create a boilerplate of a plugin or something, right? And, sure. and give you a zip file can be kind of a nice thing. So, oh, cool, this is a cool tool. And okay, now I want to know how to use this. And I want to know specific techniques for creating plugins. There you go. You can uh, use that tool. It can be a promotional, free promotional tool for uh, finding out about your. your Absolutely. So. There's there's lots of good examples out there. I know desktop server. Those folks they also have WP Site Sync, uh, which is which doesn't solve the same problem. They're they're not connected products, but someone who needs one of them is likely to need the other, and so they work very well at cross selling. Um, but back to the strategic partnerships, uh, those are pretty awesome. And this can take some creativity as well and a lot of networking and building relationships. But if you can uh, work with like web hosts or theme builders or educators or other plugin companies to form very strategic, mutually beneficial relationships, that can open the door to just like very exciting new streams of customers. Hosts obviously have massive customer bases and audiences and huge marketing budgets. Uh, so some some of you may have opportunities to uh, provide some benefit and find a host out there who will make a one-click install of a site with your plugin or or bundle your plugin. Maybe that's yeah. not unheard it's like of. A boilerplate, uh, you know, to solve a specific issue for a specific niche or type of yeah uh, customer that they've got. It Absolutely. decreases their support because they're like they get supportive. How do I do this? You know, it helps. It helps them in terms of support and helps you in terms of exposure for your plugin. So yes, yeah, I totally forgot about the hosting platform. Could be great if you, if you uh, if it's a good fit. There. We're all plugin people here. Sometimes our, our friends who make themes, they can be pretty awesome as well. Um, like, for example, we have uh, the good friends of ours over at Astoundify. They have a plugin called um, Marketify. And it's very popular for people trying to build uh, marketplace sites. And it recommends uh, one of our bundles of plugins, our marketplace bundle. Uh, which includes a few plugins that built on top of easy digital downloads that allow someone to have a vendor marketplace on their site like Etsy. Um, so when somebody is looking for a solution to that problem, like I want to, I want to, you know, jump on this bandwagon and build my own digital marketplace. Uh, so vendors can sell whatever they're, they're, they're selling on my site. They are looking for a way to do that. They find Marketify the theme which is very well marketed and very beautiful, has an awesome demo. They find that and that recommends us. Uh, so the theme does a great job of driving, driving traffic and customers to some of our products. Uh, that can be awesome. If you have some sort of front end oriented uh, plugin, you might be uh, in a great position to work with theme builders who put together gorgeous demos uh, that sell so well, better than all of our sucky plugin demo sites that just look ugly most of us just have <laughs> the worst looking demos uh, when you go to like it's it's like classically terrible when you go to like theme demo sites oh man they're they're just like putting everything into the demo and we put like nothing into our demo it's always like thrown into the middle of like a stock 2012 theme or something and it just it shows our functionality in the most bland way possible uh so just coming down on all of us that we don't we have we, as plugin people we have sucky demos the themes <laughs> well check out my demo i share it in the chat i think it looks okay all right <laughs> you can all right. you can tell me it sucks it's fine you're an, you're an outlier brian in many ways in many ways 
Uh, it was actually from uh, WP Simple Pay. It's a very similar because uh, that that's a short code as well, and so I kind of follow the similar model. And yeah, people seem to 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 like <laughs> that that uh, demo type site. But yeah, I, I'm sure it could look better. <laughs> even yeah, <laughs> I don't know why we're always thinking like yeah, people will use their imagination. They'll they'll just be able to picture what it could look like, you know, with a good theme. Uh, no, people they don't. They, they don't. No. Don't ask your users to ever use their imagination, ever. No, they um, can't know. I need to do that. <laughs> some, other, some other ideas that could really uh, hockey stick your growth, uh, which Daniel's mm-hmm. looking for. Uh, very well executed new marketing channel. This is something where you're not going half-hearted and you're not like, oh, well, maybe I'll make a Twitter account and a couple, couple times a month I'll tweet. Uh, it's not going to do that trick. Uh, but if you really double down on a marketing channel, I've seen a few other companies in our space just um, invest heavily into their content marketing and write like a series of blog posts that are just amazing and everybody follows them and it works great. I've seen others just create stunning video series uh, that solve a lot of people's problems, answer a lot of common Google queries, um, creatively sell their products. Uh, get lots of subscribers on YouTube, uh, that sort of thing. Just doubling down on a specific channel can work really well. A video series, a webinar of your own, um, a podcast, something that just helps your audience super well. Um, those kinds of things uh, where you're you're not the, the spray and pray, but you're picking one channel and just throwing all your effort at it, uh, that can pay out in dividends. Um, Perfect fit advertising too as another one that can work so well. Uh, and this can be hard to find. It can take a little bit of hunting. And if you really, really understand your target customer, it can help you find them. But sometimes all it takes is sponsoring the right conference or the right podcast or the right newsletter where everyone there is interested in the, your solution and needs it. And there's nobody else who can solve that problem but you. Uh, I've seen it happen where there are these like niche conferences for a certain type of business and the right company comes in and sponsors that and gets on that stage and every attendee buys their product. And the same for the right podcast where that audience is hyper-targeted for a certain group and you have a solution for that group and you throw whatever it takes, $500, $1,000, it doesn't matter. You throw anything at sponsorship and everybody buys your product because suddenly you're the only solution to a problem every one of them has. So if you can find that perfect fit advertising, that can really accelerate growth. Uh, Not just like sponsoring every WordCamp that's out there, but like finding one that is exactly right for your customers. Um, And... Uh, this probably should have, Daniel probably just left this out as uh, because he was, um, he forgot, but you have <laughs> he did to put add, an et cetera at the end. So. Yeah, he did put et cetera. So, okay. Uh, he, <laughs> he meant uh, a marketing automation sequence uh, as something pretty obvious. Uh, so everybody's got to have, um, everybody's got to have like their automation. You get your customers subscribed, and in that process, you continue to add value to them. You continue to upsell to them. Um, you continue to um, uh, send them through a, a, a workflow. Uh, so we've got emails galore that go out based on the conditions that are met, based on whatever people buy and when they buy and all kinds of stuff. So that Which is can be super basic as, you know, they buy your one plugin. There's another plugin you have that's related. You set something up so that two weeks after they buy, they get an email saying, hey, there's this other plugin, you know, that might help you do X, Y, Z. Check it out. And there's <laughs> things, so it doesn't need to be a super complicated workflow to, to get it started. There's a lot of potential value that you can get out of a customer. A lot of things you might want from them. Um, I think like the five or so that we try and emphasize, number one, buying other products that we sell. Number two, um, renewing. Uh, in following years, number three, um, upselling to bundles or, you know, like higher tier products. Number four, I think uh, upgrading their licenses. 
Like there's upgrade paths, you buy a single site license, maybe you want to upgrade to a five or an unlimited site license. Um, and then there are even other things besides that that you could solicit from your customers. Maybe at some point you want to get feedback from them. You want to get testimonials from them, success stories. And you want to enroll them in your affiliate program uh, to help grow that. Um, so it was five things, but now it's like nine or 10 things that you can get potentially from your customers. All of those you should be working into your automation. Uh, and it's not that hard to set up, but it's probably a topic for another day. Yes. So hopefully that helps, Daniel. <laughs> Lots of ideas. And uh, I, I did write some down with my trusty pen. So I will try <laughs> try all that stuff. And um, yeah, hopefully that helps not only you know well-established uh, plugins, but also people who are who haven't implemented some of those strategies yet. Because um, they can all have a pretty dramatic and maybe again, not the day after, but uh, you know, it's, a lot of times it's a slow build. So, <laughs> so it's... Uh, Yes, it, it's good to grow steadily and go from there. So we're, we're a bit over over the time, but uh, we could try and do either one more or um, there's so many great questions that we haven't had a chance to uh, to get to. So this could be almost a part two <laughs> and then taking a lot of these questions and, um, and, and pulling them into kind of a part two, whether it be the next one or... Um, or the, the one immediately, or, you know, maybe do another topic and then come back to this one. Um, but yeah, there's, there's some great questions. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> I know. It's so cool. I, I, I'm excited about some of these questions. And now we're kind of at this position, like, what do we, there were even great questions in the chat besides I the know. ones we missed. <laughs> Yes, uh, which I just realized you can highlight over it and go not banned user. It's funny, banned user is right beside post this question. So <laughs> there's some kind of, of confirmation if you accidentally click a banned user. But yes, uh, yeah. yeah, we can pull some uh, from the chat in as well. Um, but yeah, again, for those who haven't uh, been on one of these before, uh, you know, this is our third one that we've done. Uh, the plan is every month or so uh, to, you know, for, for the foreseeable, I think, um, to, to kind of keep doing these. I'm enjoying doing them. I think Cali were as well. Uh, we'll probably post it uh, as an audio version as well on uh, likely Making Pro Plugins. We'll probably call it the Making Pro Plugins podcast. So makingproplugins.com slash podcast. Uh, post those episodes there so you can see those and maybe some show notes as well uh, with some of the links and whatnot that we've uh, popped on the chat here. So um yeah, I think just the fact that we've been over an hour now, uh, it, hopefully, again, this has been super helpful for, for those who have hopped on. And um, I definitely think we're going to kind of need to do a part two to this, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I had such a blast with it. I want to talk about all these questions. And gosh, how many did we answer? Four? Five? Uh, I think we got four, four, five. We got four, and there's 12 left. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> And we, we're open to input from anybody who is really curious about specific topics to cover. One of them that we want to cover in the near future is support. Uh, yeah. That's a big topic. There's a lot that goes on to supporting WordPress plugins these days. Um, but uh, it looks like maybe a follow-up, another session on marketing plugins is probably appropriate. Yeah. Uh, I think we were right on when we talked at the beginning about how uh, how much most of us struggle with marketing our small plugin businesses. Um so there's a lot of good questions here. Um, yeah, but as we wrap up, you know, like maybe a couple other things to mention. You said that we might syndicate this as an audio version as a podcast. Uh, we'll probably be doing a webinar once a month. So stay tuned. If uh, Brian told me that if you guys have RSVP'd for this webinar, you will get the follow-up emails when we announce when the next ones are and what they'll be about. And, um, and definitely check out Brian's course. Uh, makingproplugins.com because that's got just a wealth of awesome information. Yes, hopefully it does save time like this. These webinars save save not only uh, people who are listening but myself as well. Like through the discussion, there's oh yeah, I can totally try that on my own plugins. Uh, so hopefully uh, this is saving a lot of time. And yeah, the whole core of the course was to hopefully make it so that you could save a lot of time getting stuff set up. Thank you for sharing the link. I try not to self-promote too much on these things, <laughs> but I appreciate it. So do I. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> 
Yes. Excellent. So thanks everyone for coming and uh, yeah, definitely stay tuned. Uh, whether the next one is marketing part two or uh, support, uh, we will, we will decide. Uh, hopefully maybe there's a way to pull these questions over into the, into the next one. If not, that sounds like a feature suggestion for Crowdcast. And uh, we look forward to seeing you the next time. And yes, to answer Brian, this is recorded. So uh, you will be able to refresh the page in a few minutes and watch it all again, if you'd like or over and over again, whatever you want. <laughs> we'll be here. <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot, guys. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. All right.